Let's do. Yeah, I don't even know. You better write down what it is, because you know I don't know if I'm getting to the age there where you know I just you know it's like wait, what was I gonna say? <laughs> Especially when you do a build up, you know, to like you're building up, you and then it's like, where was I going with that? This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number two oh five, recorded on March fifth, twenty fifteen. T minus ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. The final lift off of the class. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. A warming up Bellevue, Nebraska, by the way. We expect the 50s by the weekend. And we can't wait. I've got a run scheduled for Sunday after or Saturday afternoon, and uh, 50 is going to be great. I think winter's breaking, and uh, maybe spring is on its way. I think in a lot of places, they're looking forward to warm weather. Of course, we post the show with world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, and we got some calls this week. Super excited about it, so hang tight. we got some calls coming up. You can contact the show. Send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can track me down on Twitter, at Collison. Or you can call in those questions, and this is where some of you did that, 402. And I'd like you to do this more, to be honest with you. Just pick up the phone if you're thinking of something, and it could be a tip, too. If you had, Maybe you just discovered some kind of tip that you'd like to share with us. Just pick up the phone. It's Google Voice. It'll record you forever, I think. And call 402. Just write this down. Get a pen right now. I'll wait for you. Okay, 402 478 8450, and uh, I'd love to play those each week. It's just a feature I want to do more of, so I'm serious about this. Give me a call. Get that put in your cell phone so you've got it all the time, and then when you're thinking, when you discover something really cool, I'd love to have this segment of just tips from you guys because you guys know more than me, so uh, it would be good to get those played into the show. And, of course, TheAverageGuy.tv is now uh, powered by Maple Grove Partners, and that's Christian, safe, secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from uh, from a guy that you know, and, of course, you can get more information about that, maplegrovepartners, all one word, dot com. And now Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Of course, you can find us and many other great shows. I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a few minutes out at the Geeks Network, thegeeksnetwork.com. You can join us live in chat, listen on YouTube, now on Spreaker as well as Mixler, all kinds. I think I hope I started all those. All those are available out at the average guy. TV. All right, well, we've got a good show packed with a lot of good stuff and just a lot of fun tonight. I think we're going to have a good time as we get together. And uh, back from my home server show days and all the way over to my left, coming in from the sunny country of Canada. And don't forget to turn it. There we go. Thanks, John. Welcome, John. Hello, Jim. Hi, Mike. Hello, guys in the forums. Or not the forums, but the chat. Yeah, that's it. In the chat. Yeah, that's it. The chat. Yeah, that's it. The, the chat. Chat. And then... Coming in literally from sunny Atlanta because it was like 75 degrees there today. We all hate yesterday. You. My oh yesterday, 35. Mike, how are you? So it's a little colder today than it was. It is 75 yesterday, 35 today. Jim, I just got my pen. So what was that number again? Uh, that number 402. 402. Yeah, 402. 478. 8450. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just give us a call when you when you when you come up on that tip, just let us know. It would be awesome to uh, 
to have you call in. Well, um, I, I made the announcement a little bit earlier. We're going to be shifting, uh, and I shouldn't say that, we're going to be adding a, a new guest host. Uh, you know, back in the day, Andrew and, and uh, you know, Christian used to join me on a regular basis. We'll still have Andrew back from time to time, but Mike Weger, uh, actually Mike Weger was on a podcast, I don't know, it's, I should have looked up the number, four, five, six weeks ago. Mike is actually an Omaha podcaster, and uh, I wanted to introduce you to him. So listen, we had him record a little promo. Here's Mike. Hey, this is Mike Weger from WegerTech.com. I am super excited to be joining Jim Collison on Home Gadget Geeks. I am a podcaster from the Omaha area. I do the Open Mic Night podcast over at OMNPodcast.com. I'm a law student, newly married, so going through all the fun uh, new adventures of life, but I'm excited to join Jim on the show and excited to talk to you guys about all the general tech and just fun tech stuff in general. I look forward to seeing you guys in just a few weeks. That, of course, is Mike, and I don't know why he's talking with my picture up. If you're watching the video, it shows a picture of me, and it's Mike talking. That is Mike Weger. But uh, I met Mike a uh, oh, year ago or so now, and he does this open mic night, which is pretty cool. He started it with an Apple theme, and then uh, he kept going general tech every week. He'd start Apple, but then I'd go general tech. He really wanted, uh, and we did too, wanted him to be a part of the Geeks Network, and we needed an Apple show. So I approached him and said, hey, Mike, if you would take your open mic night and make it completely Apple, we'd love, I'd love to have you on my show and fill in each week as a, as a regular guest host. And he accepted. And so starting next week, March 12, 2015, he's going to join me again, Mike Weger. WegerTech.com, if you want to check him out, he'll be on the program. We're looking forward to having him. Uh, do this and and join us each week. So pretty fun and uh, and some good good stuff coming along for the network as well. Well, guys, uh, we got a little bit. I've got a little bit in the notes. I'm sure we'll go sideways on some things. John, we haven't uh, we haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, so why don't we just start by catching up with you? What's been keeping you busy? It's been a long winter. I think we had John back. Oh, even maybe before Christmas or such. So uh, what's been keeping you busy? Yeah, uh, well, actually, it's I've uh, been working on the electronics for my uh, for the model railroader stuff that I'm uh, I'm playing around with. It's uh, digital. It's what they call digital command control. So basically, what happens is now you know, I, well, I guess it's been over the past at least 10, 10 20 years or so that the, now what the guys are doing with their model trains is they're putting these like little decoders in each locomotive, and they they have like an ad. You set an address to them. So and then what that does is now. When you put your locomotives on the track, you can independently run them, you know, uh, all, either in what they call a consist, like let's say three locomotives pulling 20 cars or 100 cars, or you can have them separate. So it's uh, it gets a little bit technical and stuff. And and uh, one of my buddies is a programmer and also a computer guy uh, or electronics guy, and uh, he's doing some of the electronics and stuff, and we're testing it out, and we're playing around building little... Uh, I got one guy here. Let me see. Can he reach it? Can he reach Can he it? Reach it? <laughs> there he goes. Yeah, this is, see, like there's some numbers here, there. Uh, anyway, to us, we know what that all means. To you, all you see is numbers and zeros, but that's like... A, the locomotives and stuff. Anyway, you operate. You can operate lighting. You can operate uh, uh, turnouts. You know, and a bunch of stuff. So, uh, and then we're doing. Uh, I'm designing some printed circuit boards to make some nice little uh, uh, boards, so that if people want to purchase like a kit, you know, and it's supposed to be affordable because some of these systems that that are available, they're like in the hundreds of dollars, you know. 
four, five, six hundred dollars, and we're able to uh, to do something there that you know it should be under a hundred bucks to uh, to do something. So I've been playing around with that, and then I also picked up. Uh, see, I got one of these. Uh, uh, well, this is the older one. Uh, what is it? There, the 3DS XL. So I'm playing Zelda. I got the new game came out on February 13th or 14th. I'm a fanboy nice. of Zelda. The Ninten I'm a Nintendo guy. I'm not an Xbox or a PlayStation. I'm a Nintendo guy. So now everybody knows. <laughs> and you you had the Wii Universe or what? What was that? Yeah, I got the, the Wii U. The Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, I've had you know I've had them all. And Nintendo the uh, not Commodore 64. Nintendo 64, the GameCube, the Wii, and now the Wii U. And are you still you still playing on that, or are you doing most of your gaming there on the DS? Uh, yeah, right now more most uh, on this guy because you know I I don't know I guess we're you know like we're all getting old you know we have some of our favorite games when we were younger and stuff like here like the Zelda series there I I, I really like it and uh, back in the the GameCube and Nintendo 64 they had one uh, Majora's Mask Zelda Majora's Mask and then Zelda Oca Zelda Ocarina of Time and now what the guys did is you know like just like some TV shows right they revisit the games and then they update the graphics and then now they make them available for the, like this portable one so it's a 3D version so you know if you ever played some of the 3D games it's a little bit like whoa it's, it's pretty neat and like I said they've updated the graphics it's 3D and now it's playing on this small platform so it's like hey I get to get to play some of the you know the games that I liked when when I was a young man yeah. <laughs> hey we're still all really young yeah we're right? still young we're still in. well, and then Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit. We haven't we haven't caught up with you in a while. JPEG to Raw, of course. If you haven't checked that out, JPEG to Raw.com. I picked up a bunch of new a uh, bunch of new listeners, and so you may not know John. Of course, John's been podcasting with me forever. Uh, Mike, it's I've known Mike. I feel like forever. Uh, JPEG to Raw.com. What's going on over there uh, on your show? Uh, you know, we're having some great guests, as we always do in the show. We just did, you know, 137 shows in. You would think we've covered every topic you can talk about on JPEG to Raw. And last night we covered running a sports photography business. We've never covered that. Next week we have uh, the life of a travel photographer. We've never covered that. So we're still hitting shows and topics that we've never covered before. So it stays interesting. In our, in our Facebook group, we have you know photo challenges and editing challenges going on all the time. So there's a lot of excitement in those groups. This week, they're using one of my photos. So it's exciting to see different people edit your own photo and see the outcome they come up with and realize that almost every one of them are better to, at editing it than you are. <laughs> you almost want to outsource it to your crowd. Yeah, right? It's like, wow, I just need to stop. <laughs> all rights reserved. I'm going to steal anything that you guys do for me. Exactly. If you are a photographer... You just started listening to me, and, and I've gotten some, some email uh, recently that leads me to believe I've just got some new listeners. And so if you're new to the network, of course, JPEG to Raw is one of those shows. We do Home Server Show every week. That's, those are live yesterday. So Home Server Show, Surface Geeks, that's all part of the Geeks Network uh, in there as well. And I'll talk a little bit about some more stuff I do here at the end. But if you're a photographer, you'll want to lock in at JPEG to Raw. Dot com, a lot of good stuff uh, going on as well. Mike, speaking of locking in, I want to talk a little bit about phones real quick. And uh, we, you know, I'm I'm getting and John, I want you to weigh in. I know you're not a big phone guy, but I want you to weigh in from a tech perspective. And I guess I want to ask the question: Are we kind of to the point with phones where it was like PCs from a couple years ago, where the specs just really don't matter that much anymore, right? I mean, I just recently switched phones, and I'm going to talk about that here in a second, but 
it, it the kind of the specs don't really matter anymore. We we don't we don't argue about computers like we used to, right? You know, we just kind of. In fact, we talk very little about them anymore. We talk more about them on the home server show just because it's we're talking about our home servers and specs like that. But I just don't feel like we have that conversation much anymore. And now with the introduction of the Galaxy Six series, you know, the five didn't sell very well, and and so the six is kind of rejuvenating that. The note. My wife just picked up a Note 4, and so we have a note, big, gigantic phablet in the house. Loves it. Yeah, she loves hers too. I have, I, I was, she's on that thing all the time and just loves it. And in what kind of world would my wife be on Android and I would be on iOS? But it, it's that's the kind of world that it's been here. But Mike, let me ask you: Do you think less about the specs on your phone today than you did maybe three, four years ago? I, you know, I, I've never been a super spec kind of guy, you know, wanting to know every part number and all that kind, of, that kind of stuff. I do know I have the Galaxy S3. My wife just got the four, uh, Note 4, like your wife has. She absolutely loves it, and that is probably going to be my next phone just because I like the size, and hers is so much faster than mine. Mine feels aged. It seems like that after a couple of years with a phone, even though it was good at first, and I'm still doing the same basic stuff with it, I think after a couple of years, and this one's almost three years now, uh, it just seems slow. Everything seems slow on it. Even with a reboot, it seems slow. So I, I do want some more speed. I, I do you know, quite a bit with my phone, and I would like to have it. I've dropped it, maybe the dropping. What the, do you have right now? The Galaxy S3. Okay. And I have, you know, I have a 64-gig card in this thing, and I think it's almost full because I'm way behind listening to all my podcasts. You know, on my Android, I had taken out the card, uh, the SD card at one point, never put it back in, and realized, I'm a guy, I don't need much more than 16 gig for anything, you know. And I'm uh, on the other side, I, I use it all up. Yeah, well, you are in pit with pictures or movies? So pictures, or videos, and i got a ton of podcasts I'm behind on. Okay, so you're storing those up on your device. Yes. Yeah. John, let me ask you when you think of when you think about phones. Again, I know you're not a big phone guy, but but anything out there, or when you th- do, you, do you think we've gotten to that point where eh, we're we're just not really, you know, the the specs don't matter anymore. Maybe we're focusing on features, but we're down to just a handful, anyways. Yeah, well, that's it. I think as far as hardware-wise, it's a bit like you know we've come to a level that everything is like fast enough. Whereas before it was it wasn't fast enough, so it's like, oh, okay, what speed do you have with this or whatever? But now it's like it's fast. It seems like the technology. It's just like hard drives, right? You know, you have bigger, bigger hard drives, and at some point it's like, okay, well, I don't care if it's a four terabyte hard drive or a six terabyte hard drive. It's enough space. So it's like, just give me a hard drive, you know? Just and you now you're getting the you know you're getting the, the higher end. They're not trying to sell you a one terabyte or two terabyte. You you're getting the four up there, so you you have enough. So. Uh, but as far as the apps and stuff like that, it seems like the software, it's uh, you know the hardware is is going exponentially faster than than the software. So it's like you don't need software now. For the software is not five times faster or, or needs five times as much uh, speed. So then now it's like oh well we're gonna have to you know p- pick up the hardware to match the software. It's like no the software is the hardware is going up faster. So now it's whatever there is, it's enough to run run those apps. So there's that one side, and then I think the other side too is. Uh, you know, again with the storage space and stuff. You know, maybe back in the day, if you bought a, you know, a phone or I had like an iPod Touch with like 16 gigs. You know, remember they had the 16, the 32, and 64. Now it's like it's a wash. It's like just give me a, give me 64 gigs and I'm done. You know, 
So th there, there's that, and then there's also the stuff like you know music and stuff like that because of these apps that you can kind of get your music online, you know, and uh, you know stream it online. You're not worrying so much copying stuff to your hard drive, just like movies. You know, before people rip DVDs and all that stuff to their computers and stuff. You know, do I have enough hard space? And now it start, seems to be a bit like, eh, I can go with a computer that is, you know, just um, like like store uh, ready. You know, what do you call it? Uh, uh, vanilla. You know, and then I'll just I'll just log into my account, and then I'll get my if I'm my videos or TV shows or whatever, I'll get my content online streamed to me. So now capacity doesn't become an issue. So I think all of that yeah. stuff is coming together. If we're talking about phones, I I have two two distinct groups that I deal with. I have my wife who likes the big screen phone, who likes the the speed of that phone, who uh, as long as it works and is fairly fast, she's fine with it. Then I have at work, and that's a totally different group. They want to, the more and more they want to do everything on the phone, even things that are very difficult to do on the phone. Let's say approve invoices on your phone. Well, you know, if you're going to be looking at invoice, on even on the Galaxy S, the Note 4, that screen is just so small. But they don't want a tablet, so there's a real push for us to do to allow more and more stuff for them to do on the phone, while not just continue to develop apps, you know, make it web-based, make um, them to do different things like that. And recently, I can't go into too much of details, but we did something with our website and gave, uh, I now have more insight into the stats. And while I knew the mobile users were going to be a large part of the people who go to the site, I was shocked by the volume and how many it was. That, you know, when you look at the, the data that's going there, how many people go to to the site from a mobile device. These are customers who are going there. So more and more people are wanting to do stuff on there, and that right. screen size, a bigger screen size with the Note 4 and the, the new iPhone is going to allow for more people to do, for people to do more with their phone than they have been in the past. I, I am so, surprised, oh, one sec, John, I am surprised at the number of iPhone 6 Pluses I'm seeing in the wild, and I see a ton of them. Uh, as opposed to the Note, I don't see as many. And so you would think, you know, it, it may be just the people I hang around, but that I am seeing that Apple phone. That's just gigantic. I looked at that. I'm like, there's no way I could. I, that's too big for me. But John, you were going to say something. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah. Well, as far as like you know, with the specs being so good and stuff like that, I think. And then Mike talked about the screen and stuff. I think we should come. Uh, get to that point and I think it, I see it coming where it's like you know your whole PC or your laptop or whatever everything will be all that hardware that you want that that muscle power will be on on your phone you know and then and then again maybe the the storage space will be cheap so you can have big files excel spreadsheets or whatever there or you can download from a corporate server but what I'd like to see is uh, is you buy a monitor for like a hundred bucks a 20 inch monitor and uh, like like the uh, what do you call it mirror cast and stuff. So you just take your phone. You have your phone in your in your pocket or whatever. When when you're in in uh, close proximity to your monitor, then you could you'll because know, Microsoft is even playing around with that in Windows 10 and such such you know. So it's like show show it to me now on my monitor. So if the guy does want to look at his big Excel spreadsheet, you say okay the file you know it's on the server, but you know you have it on your phone. You can bring it home with you whatever. Or you know just go to your office. You just put on the desk next to the monitor, and then you know all of a sudden it appears on the monitor. So now you have that big real estate there, and then you also have the you know your keyboard and mouse because I'm sure you know trying to tap something on, on your on your little even if you have a you know seven inch tablet, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a job. But uh, I I think that that's again that that uh, 
the monitor is going to be like accessories to your phone. You know, so you're going to go buy a seven-inch tablet or five-inch tablet, and then your monitor is going to be a Wi-Fi enabled or whatever it is. Because now even a lot of that technology is going um, becoming mainstream. You know, like home automation, the Zigbee stuff, and the wireless. You know, like wireless AC is so fast. You know, gigabit uh, transfer. So people are free, saying, forget about the. Um, uh, you know the uh, having having cables plugged in and HDMI like forget about the cable just have everything you know through the air and stuff so I think that convenience now you know with the hardware again uh, that the phones will be so fast and you can put everything on there then you know your monitor and keyboard and mouse will be uh, you know the accessories for the phone I think we're a little bit off from that and my but but on that line my wife is another example of somebody who doesn't need a powerhouse PC he basically is going to be doing Facebook, email, and you know, light things like that. She's not doing heavy spreadsheets and those kind of things. Where somebody like me, my Core i7 is not fast enough. I need more speed, more RAM, and I'm probably getting to be. I'm probably more of a smaller and smaller pool of, of user, where my wife is becoming a bigger and bigger pool of users. And you know, even in, in our office setting, we looked at maybe going to Office 365 for for a number of users, and thought. How many people really need the full power of something like all office and can they do with something else? They don't there's not a lot of content creators, there's a lot of content users. Yeah, I, I don't really use Office that much anymore. I don't know. Well, why then you got guys like me who I need, you know, something that can handle hundred million rows of, of, right. of data. Right. And I can slice and dice it. No. But the no, guys right. who are gonna see the result. I'm sending them a PDF of what here's what the end result was of all that work. Right. Yeah. Just view it. Right. It's just a right. it's just a report at that point. I think we're we got some really cool stuff yet ahead. I mean, John, to your point, I do think we will get to that point where we're carrying for most people they're carrying around their daily device. It'll get extended by and I, you know today I can pull my wedge keyboard down and slap my device down, flip it over, you know, portrait, and I it that's like a mini laptop, right? At that mm -hmm. point. And uh, so that that's we're kind of there. I felt like we took a step backward with the apps when we went on when we went to phones. You know, apps had matured on the Windows platform and the Mac platform as well. Had gotten really really good, very intricate. I mean, think of Office, just how how much power is in each one of those applications. Then we got on phones and apps just went to crap, right? Because we had to figure out how to make these things work on a new um, you know in a new um, platform. And uh, so recently, I was interacting with the Starbucks app because that's like my that's like my favorite app now of all time, right? And I've watched that thing iterate through maybe four or five iterations, and it's it is a really good functional app now, right? I mean, it does it's intuitive. You swipe the right things, you can go to the pay thing, you can check your reports to see what your rewards are, you can find a store, and and. I think we're just now finally getting to the point where some of those apps I was navigating with Waze on the way home tonight just because I could. I didn't need to, but I just turned it on to, hey, what's this look like here You know, on, on, the, on the new iPhone? And wow, I was like, this is great. This just works, right? This is, this is awesome. So I think we're finally getting to that point where some of the apps are good enough that and there's been some good ones out there. Don't get me wrong, but but I think we I think apps really sucked for a while. You know, when you go back to the early days of phones, they just weren't very good. You know, so yep. You know, back to the phone thing is before yeah. we leave and move on. The guy had a good comment as he didn't care about the size. Of, if I'm saying this right, I scrolled off my screen. The size of his phone so much, the thickness of the phone so much. 
you know, my wife's uh, Note 4 is pretty thick when she puts that case on there. He cares more about the battery life. And she can go all day long, come home, and still have 94% battery. Wow. And that's the same use she was doing before where she'd come home and have, you know, 30% battery on, on her old phone. So, you know, and I'm the same way. I don't need a super thin phone. I would rather have it a little bit thicker. That's going to last a little bit longer and, and be more powerful. Because, you know, maybe that gets us closer to what John was talking about earlier. Yeah, well, I'd agree. And it's just as processors get more powerful, they'll take less juice. I think we've got to get better. We still, I mean, I think about we're light years ahead of where we were on batteries, just even five years ago. Uh, but we still got to get better, right? They got to be more efficient. I don't know if we're going to get that better with batteries. I think we need to get more efficient with processing and, and the way those kinds of things work. Yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap that phone conversation. Just interesting. I did, and I've we've alluded to this, but I moved to the iPhone, uh, oh, a month ago now, right before I started doing some traveling. I went, yeah, Mike doesn't like that. He's given we, we require all Apple devices to be checked at the door. <laughs> he, uh, uh, I, I told him in the pre-show he didn't have to like it. He just had to accept me for it. And so, um, well, you know, a couple reasons. One is I would never accept the iPhone at the five, the five size, right? The iPhone five. And it still was too small for me. I was like, this is silly. You, this is a silly candy phone, right? This is you can't. I can't. My big fat fingers. I can't operate on that phone. I always liked a bigger screen size. And until the six came along, and really six and the Galaxy S four are very, very close in size. Um, and so bigger screen, and then um, I, I, I kind of just wanted to try it. I, I feel like a little dishonest to be on a tech show and not at least have some knowledge of how it works. And, and I thought, well, this would be a good. I've I've been on three iterations of Galaxy phones. I think I was I did the original Galaxy S that had the slide out keyboard. Remember those days when and you would have the mechanical oh, yeah. keyboard? And that was the original one. That I had Galaxy S2, which I just sold back to Amazon, surprisingly enough. If you haven't used Amazon trade-in for some of your gear, not too bad. I got 35 bucks each, which for an S2, I was like, I, I expected to recycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and then, uh, and of course, the S4. And, and I think, you know, Drashnet said earlier, Samsung software is not very good. I, I got to kind of agree. I just didn't want to hack it. My kids are on the Nexus 5. I think that's what it is, and their phone were, phones were great, but we had all kinds of problems with ours. And uh, so Sarah went to the Note 4. I went with the iPhone. It was really interesting because my daughter was schooling me on how to use the iPhone, and she thought that was the funniest thing in the world, that uh, she would get a chance to school her old man on uh, on the phone. And at some point, I was out. So I'd just gotten the phone, and Jody Kennedy, she's my uh, recruiting partner at work, and I'm always giving her phone advice and tech advice and that kind of stuff. And so we're out traveling. I just got in the iPhone, and we were in the airport, and I wanted to add a little bit of juice. It was doing pretty well, but I, I still wasn't quite, you know, it's like, uh, it's going to make it all the way back at a two-and-a-half-hour flight, and I just wanted to juice it up a little bit. And I didn't have my cable. I didn't even brought my cable with me. And so I said, hey, um, can I get your lightning cable? And she's like, who are you? Because <laughs> all week I'd been asking her how to do stuff on the iPhone, and because I'm always the one that has all the cables and all the connections and all that stuff, and she just didn't know the the iPhone by itself was. You, you think you guys had a hard time with it? The the uh, at work when I said that, the three gals that I work with all in unison said, "What?" <laughs> when I told them I was going to switch to the iPhone, they're like, "What?" 
So, uh, good switch so far. The thing has just worked for me. And I, I mean, from an implementation standpoint, a month into it, a little bit more than a month, I really like it. I just, it works, right? And I'm not going to get crazy about it and say everybody's got to have it. You have the phone that works for you, right? If it works for you, you keep it. But it's working great for me. And I know that you gave some crap. There's been some crap out in the chat about Samsung's software and all that kind of stuff. I love my Galaxy S3, even though it's almost three years old now. Yeah. And my wife absolutely loves her Note 4. Hmm. So say what you will. Sarah does too. Sarah it. loves it. But, she did, no, know, no complaints. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. hers is yeah. hers is the fastest phone I've ever seen. The screen size is great. It works great. Um, so say what you will. Yeah. Yeah. About it, but it is know. what it, it is. What it is, right? I, I I'll go back to it. We we handle this all the time on Ask the Podcast Coach Saturday mornings when we do our call-in show, and people argue about microphones and mixers and the right platforms and Skype versus Google Plus and blah 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 blah. I think it's something that works for you, right? That's yeah. The if you ever do, if you ever look like on Newegg at mice or keyboards, it's like nothing has good reviews. <laughs> and I think it's because it's such a personal device that what the, we can't find enough people that like the keyboard and mice enough to get its ratings up high enough. And there's a little bit of that maybe going yeah. on with the phones too. There's also some loyalty that goes on like Ford versus Chevy versus Toyota. You know, I, I hate iPhones just because I hate Apple. That kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's a preference thing, but on the road with the iPhone has been the best experience. I mean, I travel a lot, and on the, this last trip, I three weeks solid, I was on the road, and it just worked for me every time. When I needed to make calls, it made calls. When I needed Wi-Fi, it got it for me. When I needed to check my work email, it was there. When I needed directions, I could get them. And, you know, I just think one day, we, I went to Dallas. I got up at 4, left the house at well, no, I got up at 3.30, left the house at 4, 4.30 for a 5 o'clock check-in, 6 o'clock flight. So my phone, checking my phone the whole time, checking flight status, blah, 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 blah. It was super cold that morning. Flew out to Dallas. I listened to podcasts the whole way, hour and 45 minutes from Omaha to Dallas. Navigated from the airport to Richardson, Texas, for the, where UT Dallas is. Uh, was in a location that had no Wi-Fi, so I was on the... I was on LTE all day, checking the phone from time to time, showing things on it, you know, with people and stuff like that. Went, um, went and did a um, uh, kind of like a seminar thing, and uh, jumped back in the taxi, went back to the airport, grabbed dinner, flew home. I got home like 10:30 that night. Listened to podcasts the whole way back. I still had 15% battery when I got in. That's that, really good. Yeah, that that Galaxy S4. Now, you know, maybe it was a bad piece of hardware, but. That Galaxy S4 would have been dead the second I got to Texas. The first in the morning, right? I'd have been charging that thing all day. That's like my wife's Note uh, Note 4. It, it would last that long. And yeah. that's a big thing, being able to last all day long with heavy yeah. use. Yeah. No, it's just worked for me. So it's uh, it's it's been a good change. And, and I'm not going to be the crazy fanboy with it and say everybody's got to have one. It's not for everybody, but... But uh, certainly, it's been a good change for me. Okay, we we promised some call-in questions, so I'm going to play those now. We actually, for the first two, we have uh, answers back from Christian, but John or Mike, I'll have some, uh, you guys might have some things to add in as well. Uh, the first one is one of my most faithful callers. His name is Neil. Neil calls me all the time, so here's Neil. Hey, this is Neil. I uh, heard the boy wonder on uh, today's podcast. Still waiting to hear what he has to say about a DNS hijack exploit that 
fix until you reboot your cable modem. The average guy wants to know. Thank you. I like that. He always ends his messages with the average guy wants to know. So here's Christian's answer. Hi, Neil. Thank you for your question. Uh, so DNS hijacking is actually pretty interesting, especially because, A, you don't know which server necessarily has been hijacked until after the fact. B, it's, it's almost impossible to know which set of DNS servers is going to query that hijacked server, right? So your router may not be looking at the DNS server that's hijacked, but it may be looking at another server that has to reference the hijacked server in order to get its record. Um, this happens, I would say, somewhat, um, somewhat frequently um, when we're talking about this type of attack. But obviously, the, the big takeaway is that there are tons of DNS servers, and so um, us as average guy engineers, we can do some common sense things to basically uh, reduce the likelihood that that's going to get into our home network. So the first thing you can do is take a look at your home router, right? So like if you have Verizon files, go ahead and take a login. And it should be pretty intuitive to find where the DNS settings are for what, what router... Um, you have and what DNS servers it's pointing to. And I think we've talked about on the show before how one would go about changing your DNS to something like OpenDNS or Google's DNS servers, right? These are examples of uh, incredibly reliable uh, DNS services that people often use, right? But even these DNS services will maybe sometimes have to communicate with other larger name DNS servers for queries that it can't resolve, right? So one thing I actually haven't tried yet, which I, it would be great if you tried um, and see how the response times are, is to actually connect your router directly to one of the Internet's root DNS servers, which typically the average home consumer wouldn't do at all, but there are some advantages of doing that. By basically querying the root DNS server directly, um, you are getting an authoritative response right from one of the, the, the largest top-level services that DNS infrastructure provides. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone couldn't hijack one of those smaller pieces of one of the root DNS servers, right? Uh, the, the root DNS system is made up of thousands of servers split up throughout the world that actually answer those queries. Um, but that that is actually one way that would be interesting, I think. But generally speaking... Make sure you pick a provider that you know and trust. I think OpenDNS does a really great job. The more important thing, though, which to get uh, more directly to your point about the question of how do I keep this thing out of my network without a router reboot, it's not necessarily a router reboot, right? Each DNS record has a property called TTL, or time to live. And this tells us how long the record should be used locally in your cache before it's wiped out and your computer re-requests the DNS lookup, right? Typically, for example, this might be set to one hour or eight hours or 24 hours, meaning that um, if my TTL, and this is measured in seconds, right? So if it says 3,600 seconds, that means it's going to take one hour before that DNS uh, entry is re-resolved by your computer or by your router and so forth. Um, so one great thing you can do is try and lower your time to live in your router or the polling interval for when it goes out and looks for updated DNS records. That will keep your router from getting stale DNS records stuck in its cache that could potentially cache a hijacked record that could then be a serious problem for you. Another thing you might consider doing is the um, IP config utility in Windows 
has a option called flush DNS, right? So if I type now this one is this one's real average guy, so you want to listen to this because this is doable by just about anybody. IP config space backslash flush DNS. What that's going to do is flush all the DNS caches in my operating system and we'll have to re-pull those things. You could write a very simple batch script or a task scheduler of some kind um, that would flush your DNS every 24 hours or on an interval that you're comfortable with. And that would be a relatively um, straightforward thing to do. But keep in mind, if your computer is set to look at your router by default to get the DNS records, if your DNS uh, records are still cached in your router, it's going to pull that even though you've cleared it off your PC. So you can optionally choose to um, set your PC to look at a, DNS, a different DNS server by changing the network adapter properties in Windows where you can basically right-click the adapter, hit properties, look for the IPv4 um, stack name, hit properties on that, and you'll see an entry where you can enter DNS server names. Um, again, probably the easiest thing, though, is to figure out how to lower that time to live on your router and to keep a, a large list of DNS servers in your router so that it's pulling from a variety of different resources. That will help you kind of have more uniform lookups and prevent you... Um, it reduces the risk that if one server would get compromised, it would get in your network. Hope this helped, and thanks for your question. That's Christian via Skype. That's why the sound quality is so good because we had uh, we had Skype on that. You guys want to add anything to that? I didn't think either one of you would want to maybe even touch that one. But Neil, <laughs> John, do you want you got anything to add on that one? No, I think uh, Christian covered the basics. Covered it pretty good. That was pretty nice. I actually just so we got the question from Neil, and I didn't want to necessarily have to have Christian come on the show. And so I called him last time, like, hey, would you just listen to this and answer it? And he did. So it was kind of fun to do that. I think you guys, on the next one, we'll let that one go. Um, the uh, This next one, I think uh, both of you will have something to say. So this is, um, this is Nilo. He's actually a listener from Sweden. Hi, James. This is Nilo from Sweden. Um, I heard you have an open show, so uh, uh, here's my... Uh, to Kronos worth. Think uh, about the question uh, or the uh, issue I uh, chatted with you the other day. Um, the uh, computer security rate one um, about um, someone stealing my laptop or me just uh, forgetting my laptop somewhere, which is actually way too probable. <laughs> so um, being the lazy guy I am, so uh, most often I'm uh, signed in, say, in uh, 10 tabs in the browser and 10 different services, Google, the works. Who does that sound like, Mike Howard? <laughs> it sounds like a light, Mike Howard. Then when I close the lid, well, of course, when I follow up the thing again, I need to enter my password. But um, if someone else has got the machine, the laptop, so uh to bypass that password and um, I guess it really isn't that hard or is it? Um, the fact being I suppose that the, like I said the only line of defense here in this scenario is the laptop password. Um, the rest of my life or my whole life is wide open there in the browser since I am so lazy. Um, is there any hope for me here, uh, Jim? Could I possibly have this script or whatever that, uh, say, half an hour after I've closed the lid, it just uh, 
closes all the tabs, uh, removes my cookies, shuts down the browser, shuts down the computer, it works. I don't know. Okay, thanks. Take care. All right, so the, really the, the real question is, is how good is the Windows password for, for you? So you have a laptop, it could, the laptop gets stolen, someone's going to crack through, you know, how secure is that data on there? And he has in two states. One is the data at rest, the stuff that's sitting on your hard drive, right? Your files on the hard drive. And then in his case, he's worried about what he's got open in his browser, right? He's got browser open, he, uh, potentially things that he's logged into and those kinds of things. So um, any suggestions, Mike? Let me, I'll start with you. Any suggestions for him as far as uh, what he should do? So I guess before I give him any kind of advice, I should say what I have done multiple times has concerned me. We have in conference rooms we have big monitors with computers connect connect to them. I don't know how many times I've walked into one of those, started it up, went to Google to show somebody something, and look, oh look at that, it's already logged into me. Right. I've left it logged into me. Mm -hmm. um, the really, I mean, for me, you know, what I would say there is the the biggest thing is to. To, to log out. You know, what I got to remember in those cases when I'm leaving that room, I've got to log out. Never tell it to always remember that you always got to enter your password. So, you know, on a device where, it, you know, I would tell him not to leave his laptop, not to lose right. his laptop. Right. That's the first thing. Yep. But I also, you know, on a device where it's going to be where somebody else can get to it, I, I always have it where I don't, I tell it not to remember my password. I got to type it in every time I go there. Yeah, it's as far good, as the, good, good public, if you're, if you're going to be on public um, equipment. So did I understand him right? Is that he's, he's losing his laptop a lot? Or no, something? no, no. He's he's just he's like, what if I lost my laptop? How secure would that data be with just a Windows password? You know, that's kind of his his kind of question. So you address the login piece, John. Any thoughts on the data that's at rest, uh, protected by a Windows password? Uh, well, I would say uh, you know to uh, enable BitLocker. Because I think, because uh, you know, sometimes even if you have the Windows password or you don't, I think you can still some, you know, take out the, the person's uh, drive out of their computer, put it in your computer as a secondary drive, or put it in a USB enclosure, and then read data off it. You know, so uh, you want to kind of get it right at the beginning. Whereas, uh, like I, I even have a a, a tablet, and, uh, one, and the the first thing it asks, it's it's like it's BitLock protected right out right out, uh, you know, from the start. You got to put it that password there, or else you're not getting in. So, uh, and it's not a tough, it's not hard to uh, to enable that. I think you can format it, and you can say enable BitLocker right from the beginning. Then everything is encrypted. Yeah, yeah, and really important that you have your data encrypted. That Windows password can be cracked, uh, and and cracked fairly easily. I mean, locks keep honest people out, right? That's the and so if you're going to lose it, uh, you, you you do absolutely need to worry about that. Any and Drashna had said in chat um, to yeah, BitLocker encryption or What's the last uh, part What's the last part he's saying where you say Control Shift Delete on Chrome? What does that do? Just I don't close know. it down. I don't want to do it because I might lose us here. Uh, yeah, I think he's just saying lock. To, you know, lock it before you leave. I think, uh, Drashna, maybe you can, you can. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. He, again, he's saying unless they're encrypted, you can access them. I did ask Christian for his response on this as well. Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, Nilo. Thank you for your question. Um, so the Windows password itself is really, I think people for for the average guy, it's kind of a misnomer for what type of protection you're getting, right? So. 
by default, if I have your laptop in my possession and I want to log into your account, if I don't have a lot of time, then I'm going to be guessing your password, right? And that's going to keep me out of your account. Now, obviously, that's important because you don't want someone doing actions on your behalf on a machine, right? That's the whole point of having a password. But the password doesn't do anything to protect your files on the hard drive. So, for example, if I were to quickly remove your hard drive from the laptop and look at it in another computer, obviously none of those files are encrypted just because you have a Windows password, right? So everything's kind of in the clear, so to speak. Um, this is amplified by another very form of another form of attack, which is very simple to do when you have physical access, is to use a USB drive that uh, basically will reboot the machine into basically a, a stripped-down Linux environment, and very quickly will allow me to see all the accounts that are in that Windows partition, and to wipe the password um, for the account that that you want to gain access to. And within minutes, um, I can basically reset the administrator password, log into the machine, and case closed. Now, there are some things that you can do to basically uh, mitigate this attack. The number one thing you can do is to have hard drive level encryption. And when you do that, basically the entire hard drive is encrypted. So using a, a password reset tool like mine that would basically, I would just plug in the USB and it would wipe your password. Instead, it wouldn't be able to do that because the Windows registry where I would be able to start computing that information is encrypted on the hard drive. So that's a great protection so that your password can't just be wiped or reset. Um, the other thing you can do um, so, so that you necessarily need full drive encryption or what the enterprise calls data at rest, which means whenever your machine is in a running state in the background, it's constantly encrypting and keeping your machine in a fully encrypted state. That will prevent this type of attack. Um, the other thing you can do if you're not as concerned about that is to use a software like TrueCrypt, which will allow you to encrypt either local partitions or files that you really care about with a separate password that's not your Windows password. And that way, even if someone were to do this type of attack and get into your machine, um, they wouldn't have access to those files necessarily. Um, for the average guy, I would say 90% of people with consumer-grade devices are very susceptible to this attack on ordinary Windows laptop because most laptops don't come with encryption by default. Um, if you're interested in some of the um, encryption software tools that we use in the enterprise, um, look at take a look at Norton Ghost and take a look at some of Sof uh, the offerings from Sophos Security, uh, S-O-P-H-O-S. And I, I think they have a personal um, individual use license that shouldn't be too costly uh, to pick up. And that will go a long ways to both um, securing your password and your data on your laptop. Without that encryption, though, the Windows password is more or less meaningless to someone who knows how to reset the password and gain access to your computer. Thanks for your question. Hi, Nilo. Oops, sorry. Hold on. I don't want to hear that again. So That's there you go. what I said. <laughs> Christian does a nice job of explaining it. Uh, a couple things from chat. So um, uh, Ken had said, well, let me go back to a somewhat average guy thing you could do would be to try something like Prey Project. I have a P-R-E-Y project. I'm not aware of either. One of you aware of that, of that project? I'm no. not either. This, this, uh, this actually might make a whole good show, to be honest yeah. with you, when we, when we talk about data encryption for the average guy or what are your options and, and maybe walk through a few of those of 
how to set them up. Because I'll be honest, uh, I rely on you know, my laptop. I don't encrypt anything on my own here, and my work laptop's encrypted for me. Right? They take care of all that stuff. The guys are like, hey, come in, put this in. Okay, it's encrypting. It'll be a little slow for an hour or two, and then everything will be encrypted on your drive. John, you have anything else you want to add on that? Uh, no, I was just gonna say the other things you know you have to sometimes think about encrypting is like you know when you're at uh, you know you're using your laptop and you're at like some Dunkin' Donuts or wherever it is you know a Starbucks and stuff and uh, you know you're connecting to your Wi-Fi you want to have like a you know a VPN you want to have a secure connection and not just something open so uh, that's one thing and the other thing is uh, I was uh, my brother was talking a little bit something maybe Drashna knows uh, more details there like uh, is your some a big problem sometimes is the router. You know, it's the, the the password for the router. You know, people getting in. Like you buy a Linksys, you know, it says admin, admin, or admin and Linksys. Like you know, people put a password on their router, uh, you know, or a Wi-Fi password, but they don't put a, a they don't change the the password for the router itself. The admin, the admin password you know? for the router. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I think some routers have uh, what, what they call I think they call it super uh, super mode or something and it's like the username is super and, and the password is super, so sometimes you'll change the ad it's like a a hyper it's like a next next version up so sometimes you'll change the admin password but then if it has the super password, then they can come kind of come in that way so I'm just thinking that that's another point sometimes of uh, of, of uh, another thing to look at is is protecting your router too. Yeah, no, for sure. We're gonna have John Nye on. I think I think he's next week. Uh, uh, John Nye, the no, John Nye, the security guy. So he. That's that would be Bill. Yeah. So John <laughs> Nye, the security guy. He's actually a local uh, security guy here from the Omaha area. I've had him on a couple times, and uh, maybe we'll we'll run those questions by him as well. But uh, yeah, Christian did a nice job of filling in on those. So Nilo, I hope that answers your question. You do need to you do need to secure your data that's on there. By default, it's not secure. They get past the Windows password. That's not going to really matter, to be honest with you. The Windows password is like the lock on your front door. It just keeps honest people out from that standpoint. All right, we got a question from Bud. Yes, this is Bud Tugley calling in with a technical question. I have a Windows 8 computer that seems to be working fine. But it seems like so many times I'll uh, launch a Windows 8, uh, modern Windows 8 app. It's already open, and it uh, it appears to be op reopening, and then it uh, seems to crash. But when I click on it, it just starts over again. I was wondering if anybody else is having that issue. It's only one machine that I seem to have that problem on. Um, the, the modern app is open. It's just minimized at the bottom of the screen. I click on it to open it, and it uh, seems to take off, but then seems to restart is maybe a better term for it. Um, just haven't had much time to research it. Just wondering if anybody else has seen that issue. Thanks. Uh, once again, this is uh, Bud Tugley. Take care. <laughs> Do you recognize the voice? I've never yeah. met Bud. Yeah, but Bud's, uh, Bud's a longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, he might show up again. I'm just gonna say, but uh, crashing I'm Windows not, 8. He has not had that problem. Yeah, yeah I've you, seen that. Have you, you done? Yeah, yeah. Some of the earlier versions of I don't know if it's Windows 8.8.0 or 8.1. I've had some problems when I open settings, you know, and you get the big uh, a big gear, and then all of a sudden, it, like it just crashed. Like 
crashes. Like it, uh, it just it goes down to the bottom of the screen, like in the tray, and not the uh, toolbar in the bottom, right? And that's it. And if you open it, it just like you get like a bit of a flash, and then it goes away. And uh, I think it's a bug thing. It's like uh, it's like it hasn't been tested, it hasn't been cleared out. After a while, eventually, if you start playing with some of the other builds and stuff like that, you won't have that. But I've had that happen in settings, uh, in network, um, some of the network ones, the Windows update. A few of those guys uh, ran into issues, and and I've seen guys post some comments. And there, there are like if you do Google, you do a Google, they'll tell you, okay, there's a registry thing, go reset something or whatever, and then it kind of like it'll fix it temporarily. But it's just, I think I say I think it's just bad coding. Because again, you know, you have so many different computers, right? Uh, the hardware and this and that. That on some computers, it's you don't have an issue, and then on other computers, you do have an issue, depending on I don't know if it's memory or RAM or what, whatever what's going on there. But uh, I've had those problems, and now now that I've been testing uh, uh, Windows, uh, actually I'm running now Windows. Uh, what am I running here? Yeah, Are Windows on... 8.1 update one. Oh, I thought maybe we were on Windows 10 with you already. Yeah, well, I've been playing around with. I, I go back and forth with Windows 10. I also playing around with Build 9926. I think that's the latest one. But uh, the one I find really, really stable is the Windows 8.1 Update One. Yeah. And then all patched. Yep. I, what I like about up. that one? Yeah, all patched up. Everything works. It, I don't get no, I don't get no issues, and I also have Media Center running on that one. It's the only only build you're going to get Media Center. Is that did you is that where you you bought the media center ad plugin when it was just a couple bucks? Yeah, well, actually, I got it. There was a giveaway. There was like some some kind of promotion. If you signed up like the first I don't know sixty days that Microsoft released it, then they gave you the code for free. And uh, so I've been reusing that code. And eventually, some of the newer Windows the ten Windows ten updates uh, or versions they it won't work. Like I think a couple of the bills it. It's written on the bottom. I'm not sure if it's written Control Panel or something. There's, you know, the Add Windows Features. But if you go click on it, like uh, it, like it, it, uh, it won't take the code, the good code. Like there, it's there, but it, it's not gonna work. So that's a little bit bug. But again, that's all. All this, even this Windows 10 Build 99.26, even that's still a, you know, preview, right? It's still right. Right. A work in progress. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm waiting one more version I think before I put that on the service. I I do want to get on uh, Windows 10 on the surface here pretty quick. It it's got some software I want to take advantage of. So cool, Mike. Anything to add to that? No, I I, I added the first part. I hadn't seen that. Okay. Yeah, we only have one machine here in the house that has Windows 8, and then my Surface has Windows 8.1. Yeah. Honest, neither one of us ever go into the Metro side of it. Okay. Yeah, I stay on the with the Surface, I stay on the desktop side most of the time as well, and I'm I'm patched all the way up, so yep. that works. <laughs> all right, uh, let's take another question. You might recognize this voice. Hi, this is Joe Sixpack. I uh, seem to have a lot of Wi-Fi connectivity issues with some of my newer laptops. Um, I don't know if it's a Windows 8 thing or if it's a laptop connectivity thing, but uh, I recently fixed one of them by taking out the uh, mini PCI adapter and putting in a newer one from Intel that seemed to work well, but just wondering if other people are having Wi-Fi connectivity issues um, around laptops may or may not affect or be affected by uh, Windows 8. Um, just curious. Thanks. Once again, your pal, Joe Sixpack. Kevin. I hadn't met Joe either. Um, yeah, Joe's a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. 
you know, when I, when we got we were buying some uh, Lenovo Yoga 11s, they seem to have quite a few problems with Wi-Fi. Where really the only thing you can do with it was reboot and come back, and sometimes even that didn't that didn't fix it. We had to return several of them because of Wi-Fi issues. You you would reboot, come back, still couldn't connect. Um, so I, I've seen that. And Windows I Seven or Windows Eight. Windows 8. All these were Windows 8. Yeah. And I hadn't because they were you know touchscreens. The, the the Yoga yeah. 11s were were touchscreens that we got. Uh, I hadn't tried what he what Joe Sixpack tried. <laughs> hadn't tried that you know swapping out the actual uh, Wi-Fi, but you know we swapped out the whole thing, sent it back, and said give us another one. Yeah, Surface had the problem when it was had a Wi-Fi had a huge Wi-Fi problem when it first came out, and I think there were some right. driver issues. When we first got to Surface, uh, we got the very first Surfaces that came out. We had issues there, too. Haven't had that so much with my new Surface. There's been some few things here or there where just the reboot fixes it. I think the updates in the software have helped, too. John, anything to add to that? Yeah, that's. I would say you know sometimes it's always good to have like a USB uh, dongle, like Wi-Fi USB dongle, you know, and have like a different chipset. Because you know uh, Intel, you have your Intel, and then you have your uh, your other guys there. Uh, what, it, what are the other guys? I forget the name there. But uh, yeah, sometimes you know if the uh, drivers aren't up to date, and then you have problems with the drivers. Not necessarily a signal problem. It's it's more of a connection. Of how's the computer going to connect to there? And so then it's always good to like you know have an alternative. Like I said, a different chipset. You know. So you know, back in the day, where you had a little switch where you can turn the Wi-Fi on and off physically with the little switch. Uh, I used to have to do that sometimes to to get it to, you know, re-see that the Wi-Fi and come back in. Yeah, at at work, both with Surface and my work laptop, now it's a Windows 7. I have zero Wi-Fi problems. It just those just work. So, well, we are international as well. Uh, of course, Nilo had called. He's from Sweden. I'm actually going to be on Nilo's show. Nilo is a real guy. Uh, I'm going to actually be on his show in a couple weeks. If you go out to theaverageguy.tv, I've already put that on the calendar. Uh, it'll be in the afternoon, evening for him. Uh, we're going to talk about Google Plus, but uh, this is Dieter, I think, coming from Germany. Although he loses oh. his accent at one Wait, point. Wait, are you saying butt ugly and uh, and this is, Joe Sixpack are not real? Um, long time listener, first time caller. Let's uh, let's just listen to Dieter. Let's hear Dieter. Hello, this is Dieter von Stoop. I. Uh, on my laptops, I like to have two hard drives, one solid state and one uh, data drive. In Windows 7, I was always able to move the user accounts from the C drive to the D drive, whether it was a desk drive or a laptop. Uh, but now I notice in Windows 8 that uh, the, the Windows 8 does not seem to accommodate moving the user accounts, the user folders off the C drive. Um, I tried to use the make link command, which had worked fine in the past, but that seems to have uh, caused update issues with Windows 8. So the make link command doesn't seem to work well there. I'm just wondering if others have found a good way to move your user folders from the C drive to, say, a D drive. Uh, from your solid state drive to a data drive. Uh, once again, uh, long-time listener, uh, Dieter von Stoop. Got to like Dieter. Dieter, thank you uh, for that call. John, do you have any suggestions? Nah, I don't know. Uh, that's it. He wants to move it. He wants to use, use the 
the default uh, profile from the C drive to the D drive, to right? To the D drive, yeah. I, know. I do that on my server, actually, because on my PC I have a 60 gig. It's yeah, I think it's a 60 gig SSD drive. So I have like all my user folders. I do, I use folder, but you know I'm on the server, right? So I'm using folder redirection to the server. So all my all my big files, my you know, because I want I like to keep my pictures, music, and videos in the the user folder. So now that with folder redirection, it's on the server. So I, that's you know that's how I go, and you know that's a built-in you know that's a built-in Windows right. uh, feature or whatever. But uh, you know, playing around with uh, the registry hacks and stuff like that is uh, is a bit you know could be messy. And then, like he said, also if you if you do some types of uh, uh, you create like a symbolic links. I think that's what he was talking about. Sometimes you could say you know uh, create a symbolic link to go to somewhere else. But then, who knows how some other programs might mess that up. So. I don't know. Well, and this is not going to be very helpful, but I have done that. I just don't remember how to do it. I did it on, on my wife's and my kids' computer because they were filling up their SSD, uh, you know, OS drive, and I moved them over there. And I, I, I have to search for the instructions, but there's a way to do it. What I have run into is I've tried to make most of their uh, library folders redirected down to my servers, where it's running CrashPlan, doing all that kind of stuff, and it's a RAID five with a uh, CrashPlan, all that running. And most of the time, that works just fine. When you redirect the download and the, the video and the yeah. documents, all that kind of stuff. Every once in a while, I run into a situation where it says it can't do it because that folder is not indexed. And I know the folder is indexed. The folder is indexed. Everybody else has been able to go down there. But it just will not ever get out of that state of saying it won't, won't let me change it to that folder because the folder is not indexed by Windows. So yeah, I've heard of sometimes some problems like that where, yeah, because like I, I think to add a folder into the libraries, that folder, yeah, you have to have an index for that folder, uh, or else if that folder is not indexed, you can't add it to the libraries. But then I remember on the server I had to enable uh, Windows, like Windows Search, like there's a fee, you know, even though it's called Windows Search, it it, it you you run Windows Search and then Windows Search will index will uh, I don't know how often it comes around it comes around and then indexes those files and then they then they become available and but it was a bit of a I had like a you know touch and go it was a bit like sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't work so it wasn't like a very reliable so and uh, the thing is I think uh, sometimes if you uh, with again with the user profile if you have what they call app, the application data folder there's a hidden folder application data if you try to move that off the PC to another place then you have some problems because when Windows boots up there it's looking for that folder like sort of like in the root place and it's like it's a bit like well what do I do how do I do stuff you know and it gets some of its uh, like flags set or whatever by getting information from or maybe passwords or usernames or whatever from this application data so you do want to keep that one in the in the root directory or in the default uh, place okay yeah, I don't. I, I don't move. I, my suggestion would be buy a bigger SSD. <laughs> don't don't. Uh, you know, in in that case, if you've got a lot of those files, uh, I don't know if I would keep them that way, or I would try to move them. Um, or I don't like. I am not a big believer in monkeying around with the faults. They're usually that way for a reason. Changing them is almost never works in your favor. And so my advice is find another way to do it. At this point, and you know, Kevin's being helpful. Let me just say, Kevin's being Who's helpful. Kevin? By, I mean, I mean, um, Dieter. <laughs> Dieter is being helpful. I love the way he lost his German accent right after he 
or whatever it was. It wasn't even very good. But Kevin's being very, very kind uh, to see some questions. We'd love to have some more of your questions. I, I had to play Kevin's. I had answers for the other ones, but I had to play Kevin's because they were just so good <laughs> in the way he, he was kind enough to call in and change his name for them all. So, Kevin, thank you for, for playing along with us on that. But, um, I, yeah, I'm not, in today's world, I'm not a huge fan of changing a lot of those defaults. In fact, for the average guy, I would say the little you, the, the less you can change, the better. It, it, if you can, I, I just, I'm a big believer in keeping it as stock as possible and make it work for you that way. If you have to make changes, just make as few as possible because it just, it keeps you out of a lot of trouble that way. Of, of things not syncing up right. There's a lot of stuff going on with Windows behind the scenes and so I'm not a big fan of, uh, of that at all. So a recommendation is don't. Don't do that uh, unless you absolutely have to. Now a lot of the guys, Drashna, you know, answered. He got to, he, he, he wins. Drashna wins in chat for having the right answers to everything that's out there. Um, but uh, a lot of the power users, of course, you'll know ways around this, these kinds of things. And so uh, but if you're if you're an average tech guy and you're start you're thinking about doing some of that stuff, I I really uh, 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 you know recommend you don't uh, do those those kinds of things. So a little experiment with the phone calls, uh, not um, yeah. Uh, so Kevin Schoonover asked me if Spreaker is running, and yes, it should be. Let me make sure we uh, Kevin that you can hear us out on Spreaker. Yeah, I'm getting green lights, so it should be... Oh, I, he can't hear me, obviously. Someone someone tell Kevin in chat that uh, Spreaker is running uh, out there. And um, so a little experiment. Uh, some of you liked it, some of you didn't. Uh, that's okay. We just wanted to see what it would be like to get some calls in and answer the questions. And uh, I'd love to have some... I'd love to have your tips. This would be... This would be something I'd really love to have. Again, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. If you've got some tips you'd like to come in two or three minutes, we'll throw them in on the show and uh, and play those in. It'd be kind of fun to uh, to get your get your feedback on those as well. So thanks, uh, Neil and Nilo, for calling in. Kevin, thanks for giving us the the yeah. info. There's a lot of stuff in chat. I wish I, I I wish. Here's what I need to do for this kind of stuff. I probably need to have a better way of capturing what happens in chat and making sure that gets over to the show notes. You know what? There just happens to be a way to do that. Is Would that be copy and paste? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, no. Chat wing allows you to go in there and say, say I want these days and download it as a CSV file. Oh, all just right. Go, go in the admin of chat wing and okay. say, I do, the, I do that, download it, and then after you download it and got it to your computer, tell it to you know clear your history and, and you start off each show with a Clean slate. Because hmm. a lot of times the last thing that's said in the chat room is good night, and you don't want guys coming for the first time seeing. Oh yeah, I never clear that stuff out of the chat room, but I do. That's good to know. I can just download. I didn't know that about yeah. Chatwing, so I'll go download those answers. There'll be a lot of links out there as well, and certainly we could have done a little bit cleaner, but it was a fun. I was I just had fun hearing Kevin try to do the various uh, the various. Well, that was fine. It was a good It was fun. Yeah. Um, as we wrap it up, uh, a couple things, just a couple uh, things to throw in here that we'll we'll talk about a little bit what's going on. Of course, if you're watching the video of this, you've seen I've changed the network or the the studio around a little bit, moved uh, moved the mic over to the left side. I've now got a monitor up here, so trying to look and and actually to do this, you know, to be accurate, I need to be like right there. So then I'm then I'm looking at you when I'm talking into the camera, and I'm trying to do a little more of that. 
I don't know. Maybe that seems creepy to some of you. I feel like you're but, trying to uh, seduce me. <laughs> well, maybe I am, Mike. But we're trying to get a little bit better about. Uh, I'm trying to get. I'm just experimenting a little bit with that, especially on the video, to see how that works out. So some fun changes, move some things around. I stayed up till 1:30 on Sunday, well, Monday morning, messing around with that when I should have been in bed sleeping. But uh, it was kind of fun to move some equipment around, get some things set up, get the monitor set up straight ahead. So a little more, uh, a little more straight on, um, you know, as we. As I talk to you, uh, a couple of purchases coming up of things I'll be talking about here in the future. I, I did pick up, you know, earbuds, which I recommend every podcaster use from a from a you know hearing standpoint. Has some new ones called uh, the earbud, and I knew I was going to forget this as soon as I as soon as uh, Inspire. There we go, earbud Inspire, the 200 and 300 series. Ken was asking me about it the other day via Google Plus or uh, Google Plus Chat or Messenger, whatever they call it these days. And they have new ones that have magnets on the back, which are really kind of cool. So there's magnets right here. So when you're done, you just pull them out and snap them back behind your head, and you don't lose your, you know, or they don't dangle down or whatever. So I picked up a pair. They're just 20 bucks if you use the Average Guy. If you're going to pick up a pair, you want to check those out, Average Guy Tech Scholarship Fund would appreciate that through Amazon, so theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon. Of course, we got Zadler on here, and we're trying to work up some funds for John. So if you're if you live in Canada, it only works if you live in Canada, Use theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon CA, and uh, anything you buy through there, John, will show up uh, to John at some point. Have we had anybody? We've had a few, right, John? A few purchases in Canada? Yeah, we had a few bucks, and I, I bought some electronic parts the other day. Sweet. So I'm waiting for them to come in from Banggood, uh, I don't know, someplace <laughs> called Banggood. There's, I don't know, must be Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Bangladesh? Yeah, Probably. some electronics parts, so we'll All see right. up. I used your regular link last night, Jim. Really? What'd you get? So, uh, you know, I talked about on the show prior how I was going to kill Unraid. And I guess I'm the only guy still using Unraid. But it just will not die. Will, I will not get rid of it. So I thought, you know, one of the reasons maybe it's so slow is because I've actually got it with less resources than my PFSense router uh, running, uh, running Unraid with, you know, 20 plus disk in there. So I said, what I need to do is give it a little bit better, you know, a little bit better hard drives. Because I got some, uh, what is it, uh, SATA one drives in there, you know. So it's just dog slow. So in one of my boxes is getting a little, a little um, light on heart on space. So I bought four, four terabyte Hitachi NAS drives. Because I'm, I'm, I'm moving more toward Hitachi these days, uh, and a MediaSonic. Uh, Probox RAID, the RAID 4 drive enclosure, and that'd be my third, third, fourth one of those. I was going to say, you've got a few of those, don't you? I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, they're yeah. fairly cheap. They're not network stored, so you do have to have eSATA or USB, but I bought all of those last night using your link, so you should nice. see them coming up. Uh, that's always good, and maybe, Mike, cool. if you do me a favor, drop the links in the show notes at some point, and I'll put those in the show notes for this show if you want to see what Mike got. He's got a couple of those. He likes them, so you might want to just check those out. A good way, kind of just some good raw storage, right? I mean, it, yeah. for you, it just, what do you attach those to? I, you know, I attach them to my, um, I'm pointing in a way that you can't see, but I attach them to my Server 2008 R2 device. My, I have my file server, basically, is my Windows 2008 R2 server, and I just attach it to that. You know, for what I tell my photographers, they're never going to go buy a Synology that costs eight hundred dollars or whatever it is with no drives in right, it. Right. You know, that's just that's just crazy for them. 
And and while the the network attached storage is nice, you don't have to necessarily have a computer attached to it. You know, spending eight hundred dollars before you bought any drives, it, most uh, most of those photographers are just gonna say no. So this for less than two hundred dollars, I can get a four drive enclosure that is you know RAID five, and then I just buy my drive and stick them in there. Yeah, and it doesn't have all the dumb box. That's just uh, a dumb box. Just, it does not have all the features of something like that. So if you want all those features, you know, you're not going to get that. It's it's raid. It's going to be raid five. I think there's a you know you can go raid one, raid zero, I think, and then maybe raid ten. Um, and then it's USB and eSATA, and that's uh, there is a FireWire version of it too. So that's basically it. It's just a hard drive enclosure that you can attach somewhere and use it for additional storage. And it doesn't have the it doesn't have the complexity of a Drobo where you can add drives to it. I and mean, if you're going RAID five, you need to load it up right from the beginning. It's still pretty simple though. Pretty simple setup. Right? That, but that's part of the that's part of the beauty, you know, that I tell the photographers is just load it up from the from the get go, and you know move on. And hey, like me, I've got one loaded up with two terabyte drives, and I'm going to buy four terabyte drives. Well, the the box is so cheap, I'll just buy another box rather than worry about swapping the drives out. How much are the boxes? One eighty-nine, I believe it is. Okay, less than two hundred bucks. Yeah, less than two hundred bucks, yeah. Yeah, less than two hundred bucks. So pretty good. So all that on your thing, you should see it come through. I, I will look forward to seeing it come through on the scholarship fund. If you want to take advantage of the tech scholarship fund, I mentioned this last time. Uh, send me a note, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, uh, with an item that you want to test out. You just we buy it for you. We send it to you. You test it out. So John, I will want when you get your parts from Bangladesh, shoot a few pictures. Send them to me. We'll put a little post together so uh, so we can see how the Canadian scholarship fund is benefiting. I wanted to get John some some things to some you know some things to test and try out, and he's always doing really interesting stuff. So I thought if there's a good way to do it, the Canadian one would be a great way. We have separate ones. They don't they don't cross. They won't let them cross the streams. Don't cross the streams, Ray. And uh, and so uh, the the average guy TV slash Amazon and the average guy TV slash Amazon C A for Canada. We'll get you there as well. Of course, we're all sporting your buds. Mike's got his in. I bought some for John and sent them to him with the microphone, and uh, and I've got mine as well. These are actually the original pair from like four years ago that Dave uh, bought for me from uh, CES, and I just bought a replacement pair for him because I wanted to get the Inspire. Ken bought the 300s. I bought the 200s that have the the magnetic. I wanted to try those out. Like I said, they're 30 bucks. So the links to all those things will be out at the out in the show notes as well. If you want a good pair of earbuds that stay in your ears and are pretty comfortable, I've been wearing. I've been podcasting since today 6:30. So that's uh, two two and a half through almost three hours now, and I've had these earbuds in the whole time, and feels great. So they're great earbuds, and uh, you might want to try them out. If you're looking for a pair, don't buy them if you don't need a pair, but if you're looking for a pair, they're pretty awesome. Okay, back of the book, as Leo calls it. Mike, you have a tip for all the guys. I do have a tip, and this is something we need in a recorded version so that later when someone tries to claim they came up with it and copyrighted it, I'm on record as this is Mike's. Okay, so it's official. This is going to make the official record. This is that, and I ran. I told the girls at work that I like the girls at work are like my test bed. If I'm gonna do something with, with my wife that is, I can talk about at work. You know, there's still the, uh, <laughs> the, the harass, sexual harassment policy at work. Yeah, have to yeah. keep that under under control. You don't want that. I, for sure. You don't want that. <laughs> so I run it past them to say, "What do you think of this?" And 
if I get a good reaction, then it's okay. So I ran this past them, and they, they, one of them said, oh, I know I've heard that before. That, that's, that's just too good. There's no way you made that up. It's, I've heard that before. So she Googled it for like an hour and couldn't find it. So I know I'm good. Anyway, I wanted to buy my wife for, for no reason. There's no anniversary. There's no anything going on. And that's just when I do it. I wanted to send her some roses. But I didn't want to send her like the normal dozen or 18 or whatever number they have on the website. So you're not going to be able to – I couldn't figure out how to go to a website and order an unusual number. So I had to actually call and talk to a person, which I actually hated because then I'm going to have to say my saying to them. And, and of course, they, the woman on the phone then goes, oh, my God, that's so awesome, and talks to me about it, and I hated that. <laughs> but <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I wanted to order her – I came up with a saying, and I wanted to order her seven red roses. Okay? Okay, so seven. You, yeah, so get your seven. pens out. All right. You're write this down. All right. And you don't have to give me credit when you do this because you're going to get you're gonna, you're gonna get a good reaction. Okay, I'm ready. I'm There's ready. not a joke. This is real. Okay, I'm, re I'm ready. Right, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. It's building up that suspense. <laughs> it better be good. <laughs> And I'm saying this to a bunch of guys who are all going to doubt me. Just use it, and then you'll see I'm telling the truth. Okay? That one red rose for every day of the week I spend thinking of you. Oh. My pen ran out of ink. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write that down? <laughs> one red rose. For every day of the week, I think of you. I spend thinking of you. That's so nice. Did you, you write? Did your pen really run out of ink? It really did run out of ink. <laughs> well, it's it's been. I think it's been sitting in the in the thing too long. Just blindly use that. Don't question it. Don't don't think that you're too much of a macho to use it. Just use that. Do that, and then tell me what you what the reaction is. All right, and uh, put that in the comments of the of the show notes of this. Tell us how that how that goes. I will tell you that my wife works at a school, and it's predominantly women there. She, my wife, couldn't read it because she was tearing up, uh, and the other women had to read it to her, which made it even better. And they, uh, some of them, started to tear up. <laughs> Just use it. There you go. That's your tip, guys. That's because we, we know there's no gals that listen to the show. So that's why I'm safe to say this. I know my I know. wife will never ever hear this, but I've already used it. So I, I had to, I. I do, is it one I, and done? Is it once you say it once, you can't use it again? Yeah, I mean, it's it, yeah. You, you got to come up with something new. <laughs> yeah, and don't go by month because you know that there are some months you know you got twenty eight, you got thirty, you got thirty. Exactly. Oh, you could, you could That's why I said you seven. And you, you know buy what? Twelve. So I, there was one key thing when I talked to the woman on the phone. I said, "Now make sure you put seven red roses in there." If it actually comes out to be six or I'm five screwed. or something I'm less screwed. than seven, it's not going to work. <laughs> or you put it five is. red ones and two yellow ones for the weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, we're going to call it good, and uh, we are coming up on on uh, as long as I like to do this thing. So just a couple reminders on the way out. Again, don't forget Mike Weger joins me next week, and uh, he'll be a regular contributor to what we're doing. Uh, John, thanks for coming out. Always good to have you on, John Zadler, and I uh, appreciate Thank your time you. out here. We'll get you back on, uh, talk some more trains and some other technology stuff. I love watching the videos. Uh, I saw that one at the end where the train crashed. That was, that was pretty, pretty <laughs> Yeah, stupid. I made it go full blasting, and then right at the end, 
it hit a curve, it was on a turnout, and it was a portal, and it was, I don't know, it was high speed, everything, all the, everything's collided. It was it was good. It was a good a good spectacular crash. Not as crazy as this viral video that's going around uh, Facebook right now, where the auto accident and the person gets ejected out of the vehicle and Ouch. like catap like like somersaults in the. You haven't seen that yet. It's it's very very graphic on Facebook. It makes you want to put your seatbelt on every and drive with a helmet. <laughs> that would <laughs> that would be. It's pretty horrific. Thanks technology for uh, putting that on Facebook for us, but. Uh, Mentioned the Average Guy Tech Scholarship Fund. Uh, just use that if you can. Uh, don't forget about the newsletter. For some reason, we had a real spike in newsletter signups. All of a sudden, I mean, I've gotten 25 in the last three or four days. And it's not like there's any advantage to spamming that thing because it doesn't get you anything. So if you're if those are all real, for sure, I'm going to be sending out. I'm a little behind on uh, the February update. It'll be coming out here this weekend uh, for you guys. But uh, sign up for the newsletter out at theaverageguy.tv right-hand column. Don't forget... If you're doing podcasting or you're thinking about podcasting or you're interested in podcasting, Mike uh, Mike is out there in chat with me. But Dave Jackson and I, every Saturday morning, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern, out to askthepodcastcoach.com. Super fun. I, it's an hour. I have a great time on that show. And we just talk about podcasts and other stuff as well. And so with that, we'll call it a wrap. We'll stay around for the post show a little bit. John Zadler will always have something funny to say in the post show. And uh, for, with that, we want to say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, so here's the thing. I went on, like, ftd.com. Oh, I went on 1-800-flowers.com. I went on all those things. million dollars. I couldn't find any one of them where you could say, I want this many roses. They all were like, you could order 12 or 18 or spend $500 on roses, whatever you wanted to do. I wanted a specific number. I wanted to say, not one, not 12, but seven. So and I did really, really did not want to have to talk to somebody on the phone, but I had to. I called the lady. Wait a minute. You'll say something sappy like that to your wife, and you don't want to talk to somebody on the phone about getting roses. I don't know this lady, and then she's got to question me. <laughs> you just didn't want to say that statement to her. I did. I had to write it down, and I didn't yeah. really want to say it. And she goes, "What would you like on the card?" And there was a little bit of a. You're like, you should have said, okay, I'm going to tell it to you, but it's probably going to make you cry. That's what you should have said. <laughs> well, you should have called after closing hours and then just leave a message, a voice message. Here's what she said. What service did you use, Mike? For the? It was a local florist that I ended up using. So whenever I said it to her, she, she, you could tell she was writing it down. And then I guess when she got to the end, she goes, oh, that's so good. I've never, I've, I've never heard that before. And she had been she'd been working there for uh, over a decade. Wow! And then she said, "So are are you are you guys dating?" And I said, "No." <laughs> so I here's the thing. I think she thought that was so good. Wow! She said, yeah. "You obviously have to be dating, and you're in that infatuate infatuation stage." And I said, "No, no, we've been married for 21 years." And then there was just silence, and then up. <laughs> I'll get right back to you. <laughs> No, there was silence, and then there was a, uh, what's your credit card number? <laughs> You're the nicest person ever. Yeah, then you hear, Jerry, Jerry, you pain in the ass. How come you're not nice like this guy, romantic, you pain in the ass? <laughs> See, 21 years, this guy. He's, he's still got it. <laughs>